Amen. Uh, with so many prayer requests that we have, so many families who have lost loved ones, sometimes it's hard to know that it is well. Um, but I think we just need to, uh, as the scripture that Karen read before the song, uh, we need to know uh, to be still and know uh, that ultimately Yahweh, He, he is God. Um, it's hard to do in, in this day and age to just be still uh, from time to know and know that, yeah, He, he, he truly is God. So last week, uh, we started a series entitled 2020 Vision because, again, we're presented with that awesome opportunity because it's the year 2020. Um, and so last week, we talked about the importance of having vision um, and more specifically, the, the importance of knowing your why. And, and we define that why as knowing why you do what you do. We, we, we all have to know what our why is. We, we talked briefly about Simon Sinek, uh, uh, a uh, famous author nowadays, uh, he, he started a book uh, called St- Start With Why. We need to know our why in life. Why do we do the things that we do? And, and I think we can narrow down most people in America and even in the, in the world really have three main whys. And number three is success. Uh, a lot of people, the why they do what they do is because they want to have success in life. And I think we have a brilliant example of that in athletes, and more specifically, Kobe Bryant, who just passed away this past Sunday, one of the greatest basketball players to live. He had a desire to be the greatest athlete in the world, and his impact in the NBA and throughout all sports was tremendous because of his desire to have success. He wants to be the greatest basketball player in the world, and that's what his life revolved around, especially when he was in his playing days. His life revolved around having that success. And we can see, again, a great example in the athletes that strive to be the the best athlete in the world. We can also see it in the business world and how cutthroat the business world is. I think the number two why in America, as far as why we do what we do, is money. People want to prosper financially. Uh, People want the newest car. They want the newest TV, the newest clothes. People have these dreams of a dream house, myself included. People are motivated and driven by money. They want to prosper financially. So much so that people revolve their first 60 years of life, first 65 years of life, and how they're going to retire comfortably in the end. When they're no longer working, they can live in a nice house. They can still go on vacations, have... uh, fun parties with their families. They, they need to afford that so their lives revolve around prospering financially. And so I think that's the second biggest why in our society as far as why we do what we do. People are driven to prosper financially. And the number one big why that we have in our society and really throughout the whole world is happiness. I think people are driven to be happy. I think that's the, a big reason as far as why people, what they do is because they want to be happy. And we saw, we took a look at the lyrics of the song Happy by Pharrell Williams, not Pharrell, Pharrell Williams, and he has a song all about happiness, and our society is really all about being happy. Do what makes you feel good in life. I mean, that's, that's the message we're getting from Hollywood nowadays is do what, what makes you feel good. Do what makes you feel happy. And, and, and to be honest, that was my main motivating factor when I grew up as a kid. I talked about how I loved summer. Because summer had all the things that I loved, and life was all about making Kyle happy when I was growing up. That was my number one motivating factor in my life. That was the number one why in my life. And I think that's most evident in people's lives as well. 
And so these three big whys, as far as success, money, and happiness, uh, they, they serve a danger to each and every one of us. And no, money's not bad, success isn't bad, and happiness isn't bad. But they become bad when they become our why. They become bad when, when, when our purpose in life is to have happiness, when our purpose in life is to have uh, success, or our purpose in life is to have money. That's when they become a, a, a grave danger because Jesus says we cannot. Jesus says it's impossible to serve two masters. It is impossible for you to serve your desire to have riches, uh, success, or happiness, and to serve God at the same time. Jesus says it is not possible. Either you serve God or you serve yourself and your desire to be uh, happy, successful, and, and, and wealthy. You cannot serve two masters. You can't serve yourself and serve God at the same time. Jesus says it's impossible, and I'm going to stick with the words of Jesus himself. And so I encourage you all last week to determine what your why is. And I hope that each and every one of you guys truly did think about what is my why? What is the reason as far as why I do what I do. And I hope for most, I hope for all of you guys that, that your honest answer revolves around God. Now, a lot of people, uh, Christians in America, I, I would say that they would like to think that God is their main motivating factor, but if they're to be honest with themselves, then, then probably God really isn't uh, their why in life as far as why they do what they do. But I hope all of us can truly and honestly say that, yeah, God is my why. God is the, the, God is the reason as far as why I do what I do. And so last week, we, we focused in on, on, on ourselves as, as a single body. But this week and next week, we're, we're going to take a look at the why of the church. Why do we gather together uh, as Christians and, and spend time when we could be sleeping or watching TV or even hanging out with our family? Uh, why do we get involved with church? What is the why of this establishment, of this church, of this body of believers? Why do we do the things that we do? And I think that's such an important question to answer for us is why we do what we do, both on an individual level and also as, as a collective level as well, a, a, as part of the church. And so last fall, about 15 to 20 of us uh, met twice to talk about the vision of our church. And, and again, the vision is important because it gives meaning to everything we do, and it inspires action. Vision is all about the why. It's all about why we do what we do. And it gives, it, it gives meaning to, to the littlest actions. Like, it gives meaning to taking out the trash. It gives meaning to the, to the ladies who, who run the cookie table out there. It gives meaning to, to the bunch of us who, who sit together in board meetings. It gives meaning to, to our Sunday school meetings before us. It gives meaning to our worship service. The vision that we have, the church, the why for our church gives meaning to everything that we do. And so we must determine what our why is, why we do what we do. And another way to phrase that is what is our vision statement? A vision statement is all about why we do what we do. And so the 15 to 20 of us asked that question last fall, why do we do the things that we do? What is our vision statement? And we came up with, with this answer, growing closer to God and expanding his kingdom. Growing closer to God and expanding his kingdom. I believe that you can narrow every single thing that we do collectively as a body. I, I believe you can narrow it down to growing closer to God and expanding his kingdom. 
everything that we do. I think that is our why as a church. That is why we do the things that we do so that we can both grow closer to God and expand his coming kingdom. That's why we gather together as a church today, so that we can grow closer to God and expand his kingdom. And we need to be growing both deeper and wider as a church. Each and every one of us needs to have a deeper relationship with God. We also need to be sharing that relationship with those around us. We need to be growing deeper and wider. And so today we're going to be talking about growing closer to God. For each and every one of us needs to be growing closer to God, hopefully on a daily basis. And next week we'll be talking about how we need to be expanding God's kingdom. But growing closer to God is our focus for this morning. And, and, and that is a huge reason as far as why we do what we do. Because I hope that we are all growing closer to God. I, as your pastor, want you to have a personal relationship with God. I want you to continue to grow closer to God on a daily basis. It's kind of like a, a, a marriage. Uh, people talk about those who've been married for a long time. They, it seems like the, the one common denominator between those who have a successful long marriage is they always say we just fall in love with each other more and more each day. And, and, I'm, and I'm sure some of our more experienced couples uh, could... could uh, say that as well, that yeah, we, we just grow in love more and more day by day. I know that's the case true for Jamie and I, even though we've been married uh, just o over a year now. I, I can say that I love her now more than I did back when I married her. I mean, that, that's kind of what a successful marriage does, is you grow closer to that person on a daily basis. And that's exactly what I want for your relationship with God. I want you to be able to say today, that I'm closer to God than I was a year ago. That, that, would, that would be awesome of me if everybody in here could say that, yeah, today I'm closer to God than I was a year ago, than I was February 2nd, 2019. That would be awesome. That would be music to my ears. And, and, and I think that's so important that we all grow closer to God because I think that's why God created us. I think that's why you are here in the first place. That's why I'm here in the first place. No, not just here at church, but alive, existing. I think that's why you are alive is because God wants to have a relationship with you. God wants to grow closer to you. The almighty creator of the heavens and the earth wants a personal relationship with you. Now, if that doesn't make you feel good, I, I don't know what will. That is awesome that the almighty creator who created all of this wants a personal relationship with you. And you go, well, Kyle, how do you know that? Well, I, and I'll, I'll say the answer is simple. Just look at the crucifixion. Well, what we'll be remembering later on in the, server, in the service, how God had everything that he wanted in his perfect son, Jesus Christ. Jesus Christ, our Lord and Savior, the Son of God, he was perfect. He was sinless. He had a perfect relationship with God. And let me tell you, God gave that up. God sent Jesus to die on the cross so that he could have a perfect, everlasting relationship with each and every one of us. That's why God created us. God wasn't lonely God wasn't lonely. That, that wasn't the, the motivating factor for God and, and him creating us. For God had the heavenly host. We, we see visions um, such as and, and like Ezekiel of, of these people seeing the heavens. And God is surrounded by the heavenly host. God didn't create us because he was lonely. Uh, we we, we got to get that thought out of our head. But God created us simply because he wanted a relationship 
with you and I because God wants to express his love towards us. And at the same time, God wants us to express our love towards him. 1 Peter 3.18 states that Jesus died on the cross. Why? To bring us to God. That was the purpose of Jesus dying on the cross. We were going through the book of John in our Sunday school class, and they'll be doing that in the ladies' Bible study. And we just got, uh, we're just reading through the crucifixion. And man, Jesus suffered. And man, God suffered too as he watched his perfect son, Jesus, die and suffer on the cross and even beforehand with the flogging. Jen might want to plug her ears. She, she was disturbed by the flogging where they, they, whip Je- they, they whip Jesus with, with these leather tongs. They had metal bits of pieces uh, knitted into it. And as they would rip it back, it would take chunks of Jesus' body out. I mean, it, it's, it's a gross thing that they did to Jesus. Jesus suffered so that you and I could be brought to God so that we could have a relationship with God. I think you can also look at the story of the Israelites, um, how time and time again they disobeyed God, and time and time again they wandered away from God, but God showed great patience and God showed great love to them because God wanted a relationship with each and every one of us. And so I think that's why we are here. I think that's why God created us, because God wants a relationship with you. And so I think it is so important for each and every one of us to grow closer to God. But I'm guessing, I'm guessing that's not breaking news to any of us, uh, that, that we should strive to be closer to God on a daily basis, that, that that's why God created us, so that he could have a relationship with us. Uh, I'm sure for many of us that's not really uh, breaking news. So I don't want to really focus on uh, the why God created us so much longer um, as far as growing closer to him. But I want to focus on the how. How can we grow closer to God? Because that, that's part of our vision. That's part of why we do what we do is so that we can grow closer to God. We could say, Kyle, how do we grow closer to God? Because initially that can seem like a big task, to grow closer to the God who has no beginning, who has no end, who created everything within this world, who has no sin. You go, Kyle, how are we supposed to relate to this God? How are we supposed to have a relationship with this God, a relationship with Yahweh? And, and it can seem like such a tricky thing, but, but I think the answer is easier than what a lot of us may think. My question to you would be, how do you grow closer to each and every one of the, the people that you encounter on your daily basis? How do you grow closer to one another? And now uh, Gary Chapman, uh, he, he studied this, and, and he wrote a book all about it as far as how we grow closer to people, how, we grow, how I grow closer to you, how you grow closer to your spouse, your kids, your friends at school, your, your boss, your coworkers, whoever it may be. Gary Chapman studied how we grow closer to, to people, and, and the title of his book is The Five Love Languages. Is anybody familiar with The Five Love Languages? Yeah, I'm guessing a chunk of us are familiar with the five love languages. Basically, Gary Chapman says there's five ways in which we show our love towards one another. Basically, there's five ways in which we grow closer to each other. And the first of those five ways is quality time. And you can do surveys on this to see what your love language is. Is anybody's love language quality time? 
I know for me, uh, personally, my, my top two uh, were, were quality time and physical touch. That means more often than not, I express my love through quality time and physical touch. Uh, so quality time, uh, it, it's all about spending that time with your loved ones. You're not going to grow closer to someone if you're never spending any time with them. Sometimes uh, when, when my wife and I are, are chilling at our place, um, it, it's not just enough for us to both be in the same room. I want some quality time. You know, I, I want to interact, and she's the same way. She wants that quality time with me. It, it can't just be time together, but it truly needs to be quality time, interactive time with one another. So quality time, that's one way in which we can show ex and express our love to each other. The second is physical touch, and, and a lot of people think this is just romantically, and, and you know, you, you love each other romantically through the physical touch. No, it's, just not, it's not just romantically. I, I can express my love to you through a hug, through a handshake, a high five, whatever, whatever it may be. I can express my love to you and, and through physical touch, and it doesn't need to be some weird, awkward, uh, lovey-dovey thing, a, a hug, a handshake, a, a high five. That, that's all it takes for me to show you that I love you through my physical touch. Uh, doctor study that physical touch is huge for babies. It, it is huge for their development uh, as babies. Uh, and, and because of the complications that Ezra, uh, our son, had, uh, we weren't able to hold them uh, very much at first. Um, but I still remember, and I'm sure every parent here still remembers the first time that they were able to hold their kids. And, and just the, the, the connection that you felt as you held your child for the first time. The, the, the first couple of days that we were in Dayton in the children's hospital, uh, we were only able to hold Ezra once a day. So Jamie and I, we, we, we took turns. We went every other day in holding Ezra. And it just meant the world to me to be able to hold my precious son because physical touch is one way in which we express our love to one another. The, another way in which we express our love to one another is words of affirmation. You, you can express your love by saying nice things to those you love. When you appreciate something that someone does, then tell them. And, and, and it'll bring a smile to their face. You'll be amazed at uh, the, the, the blessing it will be when someone blesses you to mention it. To say, hey, th thanks for, for washing my laundry. Or, hey, thanks for opening the door. Or, hey, thanks for whatever. You can show your love by words of affirmation. The, the, fourth one, uh, the fourth way we can express our love to one another is by acts of service. And, and we know the saying, actions speak louder than words. Well, for some people, this is particularly true of love. Some people feel a lot more loved when, when, when someone serves them, or they feel more loving when they go out and serve other people. We can show our love for others by serving them, by our acts of service. And the final way, the, the fifth way in which we can show our love to one another is by gifts. Uh, that, that's a great way to show someone you love them is by giving them a gift. Have you ever received a gift from someone and he, and he just went, wow, they took a lot of thought and, and, and time in coming up with this gift? Um, Jamie's a lot better at that than I, so don't ask her if I've, if she's ever felt that way about me, if I've ever given her anything that she's, wow, he really put a lot of time and effort, so please don't ask her that question. 
but before I, I went down uh, to the Bible college uh, down in Atlanta, I'm from Michigan, so that was uh, a, a long drive, a long way to be a, away from home. Uh, my grandma, my grandma Jan, uh, my dad's mom, uh, she spent the time and she got me a couple hundred napkins. And a couple hundred napkins, just like this. This is one of them. I was like, oh, thanks, Grandma. But on each individual napkin, she, she wrote me a quote or something. And that took a lot of time. When I, when I received that, I was like, wow, she really cares for me. She spent the time to write on hundreds of napkins. Uh, like, like I took this one just random. This is the top one. It says, the way you see people is the way you treat them. And the way you treat them is what they become. So, so lots of words of wisdom. Some, some of the times she's just talking to me. And I could really know that my grandma loved me by all these notes that she wrote on my napkins. And I still have them to this day because, yeah, I got pants. Uh, but, but also because I uh, saved them for special occasions because it showed that my grandma really loved me. And my other grandma, she takes the time to write me a letter each and every week. And, and I, I look forward to reading them. Uh, so, Earlier, she used to write in cursive. I'm, also at, I'm awful at reading cursive, so Jamie would sometimes have to read them to me. And so, and so now my grandma takes the time to not only write me a letter, but she writes it in English or print because uh, <laughs> I, don't, I don't do cursive. So thank, my, my grandma's watches. So thank you, grandmas. I love you, grandmas. Everybody wave at Kyle's grandmas as they'll be watching this later. Um, that's, how I know, that's one way I know that they love me, because by the receiving of gifts, by the time they spent in, uh, in my grandma Jan writing the, these uh, napkins and the time my, my grandma Sue spends and writing me a letter each and every week. That, those are the, so those are the five ways in which we can express our love to one another. And again, that's quality time, physical touch, words of affirmation, acts of service, and gifts. And so those are the five ways in which we can show and receive love from one another. But now I believe those are the same five ways in which we can express our love towards God. Those are the same exact five ways in which we can grow closer to God. It's through time, touch, words of affirmation, acts of service, and gifts. And I'm not the only one who thinks this. Gary Chapman, the, the guy who wrote The Five Love Languages, he actually, he actually wrote another book that called God Speaks Your Love Language. Basically all about how God interacts with us in our five love languages. And, and I think this is true because God created us in his image. We, we see this message in Genesis chapter 1. Genesis chapter 1, verse 26 and 27. The very first book and the very first chapter of that book. In Genesis chapter 1, verses 26 and 27, as God is creating the heavens and the earth, uh, God said in verse 26, Then God said, Let us make man in our image, after our likeness, and let them have dominion over the fish of the sea, and over the birds of the heavens, and over the livestock, and over all the earth, and over every creeping thing that creeps on the earth. So God created man in his own image. In the image of God, he created him. Male and female, he created them. So here we see as God is creating this world, he, he, he's forming this world, he's separating the land from the sea, he's separating the, the light from the darkness, day and nighttime, uh, he created the vegetation, he created uh, the birds of the sky, the creatures of the sea, and the beasts of the field. God created all of this, and then finally after all of that, God created man. And he says, God, in God's own words, he says, let us make man in our image, 
after our likeness and let them have dominion over the fish of the sea. And he continues and it says, so God created man in his own image. In the image of God, he created him. Male and female, he created them. Now you may be wondering why in verse 27 did they basically repeat the same thing three times. That's a valid question to ask. Well, in the Hebrew language uh, back then when, when they were writing these scrolls, because again, the Old Testament was originally written in Hebrew, they didn't have exclamation points or periods or commas. They didn't have pronunciation marks. So instead of really making a bold claim, I mean, today in the English language, we just put an exclamation point at the end of it. It's genius. But they didn't have that in the Hebrew language. So instead of, of putting an exclamation point, they would just repeat it to really make a strong point. That's why oftentimes in, in the New Testament, uh, they do the same thing in the Greek. Jesus says, truly, truly, I say to you. Jesus is saying, listen up, for this is truly, this is really true what I'm going to say. He, he, he's emphasizing it. And so here, they not only say it twice, but they say it three times. And so that's really making a point that God made us in his image. God said, let us make man in our image. God talking to the heavenly host around us, as again we can see in, in Ezekiel and other visions, as, as they see the heavens and how God is surrounded um, by uh, the, the heavenly host. And so God is talking to this heavenly host and says, let us make man in our image and after our likeness. You are made in the image of God. You are made in, in a way to be like God. No, we, we don't have infinite power. No, we don't have infinite knowledge. No, we're not sinless like God. But we are made in the image of God. And, and it's described here in Genesis 1, 26 and 27, but it's also uh, said in, in Genesis chapter 9, verse, verse 6, uh, after God sent the flood, he, he says that, the, that humans are made, I'll, I'll turn there actually real quick, uh, Genesis chapter 9, uh, verse 6, uh, God says, uh, Whoever sheds the blood of man, by man shall his blood be shed, for God made man in his own image. So God is saying, don't shed another man's blood. In other words, don't harm another man. Why? Because I made that man in my image. That means that man has value. So don't hurt or harm others because they're made in my own image. James chapter 3, verse 9 kind of says the same thing. Uh, James is talking about the power of our, our tongue. And, and he says we, we, we praise God with our tongues, but at the same time, we curse our brothers. We, we, we curse one another. And he's talking about how hypocritical that is. Why? Because God created those men in his image. So each and every one of us are created in the image of God. We're created to be like God. In a sense, I know that can kind of uh, seem blasphemous, and it is blasphemous if you take it in the wrong sense, but God is creator. And let me tell you, God created us to be creators. I mean, I mean look at, look at what, what man created, this beautiful structure. God, because God created us like him. God created us to be creators. God created us to think on our own. God created us to love. God created us to, 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 be, to act like him. We're created in the image of God, and, and, and that has so much power. But that's why I believe that we can express our love to God in the same sense we show our love towards one another. So when we're talking about growing closer to God, and, and, and it can seem puzzling and hard, well, how in the world are we supposed to grow closer to the almighty creator of the heavens and the earth? I say the answer is simple. 
It's basically the same way in which you grow closer to the people just like you. Because no, God isn't just like us. No, certainly not. Uh, don't, don't hear me wrong there. But God created us in his image and so that we can relate with God, for we can think on our own, we, we can love, we can create. God created us in his own image. And so the five ways that, that we can show love towards others, we, we, we can show our love towards God. We, we can grow closer to God through those five love languages. Quality time. We can grow closer to God through quality time. And again, it's, it's not just time, growing closer to God through time. It's quality time. It's taking that time apart, alone with God, and spending that quality time with God and pray and reading. Don't give God just the scraps of your time, but give God quality time, both in quantity and quality. Physical touch. Uh, now, that's the one that is uh, probably the most tricky for us to express our love towards God, but we can feel God's presence. Have you ever been uh, to a spiritual event, whether a church camp or even a concert, where you truly felt God's presence in and among you? We, we, we can feel God's presence. We, we can grow closer to God through feeling God's presence. Words of affirmation. We, we can grow closer to God by giving God the praise he so much deserves. Because let me tell you, he deserves all of, our, all of our praise plus all the more. And so we can grow closer to God through singing praises to him. We can grow closer to God by praying to him and giving, and giving him that praise that he so much deserves. We can grow closer to God through our acts of service by serving God and his church, by serving God's children. We, we, we can grow closer to him by going out February 15th and, and serving the people of our community. We can grow closer to God by serving God's people. We can, we can grow closer to God by the exchanging of gifts. God has given everything that we could possibly want. And so in turn, we should give back to God by gifts by giving back to his church and giving back to his people. We can grow closer to God by, by what we give back to him. For he's given us all, so why not give back what, is, what basically is already his? And so those are five practical ways in which you personally can grow closer to the almighty creator of the heavens and the earth through quality time, through, through physical touch, through words of affirmation, through acts of service, and through gifts. Don't overcomplicate how you can grow closer to God. Some, some people use that as an excuse. Yeah, I'll get to it later. We're, we're not really truly supposed to be able to connect with God. No, we are. Because God created us in his own image and God laid down his son so that we could have a perfect relationship with him one day, an everlasting relationship with him. And so we need to grow closer to him today and tomorrow and the next week and the next month and in the next year. And those are five practical ways in which we can grow closer to God, again, through quality time, through physical touch, through words of affirmation, through acts of service, and through our gifts. Don't overcomplicate how we develop a relationship with God. The truth of the matter is it's simple. It's simple to grow closer to God. The one tricky thing is actually doing it, is actually putting these principles into practice to actually spend the time to, to have quality time and physical touch and words of affirmation, acts of service and gifts with God. 
And so that is a big reason as to why we do what we do here at this church, is to grow closer to God. And so much of what we do is training and refreshing and equipping and encouraging each and every one of you guys to grow closer to God. If you aren't growing closer to God, if this church isn't growing closer to God, then we're failing. Then we're failing, and there's no way around that. If we collectively as a group, if we aren't growing closer to God, then I am failing. We are failing. God created us that we could have a relationship with him on a daily basis. And so that doesn't mean just, just one hour on a Sunday morning, but that means in your own personal daily lives. From morning till night, growing closer to God through quality time, through touch, through acts of service, words of affirmation, and through gifts. Those are five practical ways in which you can grow closer to God and that is why we do what we do, is to grow closer to God. That's why we do what we do. One of the big reasons is that we can all grow closer to God. And it's wonderful, uh, the, the hope that we have, that yeah, we can have a relationship with God, but one day, we're going to be able to have a perfect, everlasting relationship with God in his coming kingdom where God himself is going to dwell with us here on earth. That's the hope that we have, and that hope is only made possible through the sacrifice of God's perfect son, Jesus Christ. The crucifixion of our Lord and Savior, and that's what we're going to remember with communion. So if we can have our ushers come forward and transitioning to communion. In Matthew chapter uh, 26, as Jesus is uh, celebrating uh, the, the last meal with his disciples, he sits down, and, and he, yeah, you can take a seat, and, and he sits down with his disciples, and he says in Matthew chapter 26, verse 26, he says, now as they were eating, Jesus took bread, and after blessing it, broke it, and, and gave it to the disciples and said, take, eat, this is my body. And so he took the bread and he said, this, this bread represents my body, my body which is about to be broken for each and every one of you. And he took a cup and when he had given thanks, he gave it to them saying, drink of it, all of you, for this is my blood of the covenant which is poured out for many for the forgiveness of sins. I tell you, I will not drink again of this fruit of the vine until the day when I drink it new with you in my Father's kingdom. And so Jesus took the bread and he, and he took the cup and he says, the bread represents my body, which is about to be broken for you. And the cup represents my blood, which is to be poured out for you. And so as we part, partake together uh, as a body of believers, we, we, we take this bread, which represents Jesus' body being broken and crushed and pierced for each and every one of us. So let's pray over the bread. Father God, I just thank you for this day. Father, I thank you for um, the beautiful gift of life, the fragile gift of life. Father, I thank you for the hope that we have uh, that one day we'll be able to uh, have a perfect, never-ending, everlasting relationship with you and your coming kingdom. 
And Father, I thank you that you paid that price. You paid the price to make it possible by sending your son, Jesus Christ, to die on the cross for our sins. I just thank you so much for that sacrifice, so much for that gift. It's in Jesus' name that we pray. Amen. This bread represents Jesus' body being broken for us. Let's partake together.
The same night, as we just read, Jesus took uh, the cup, and he says, this cup represents my blood, which is poured out for you, which is poured out for us as his believers, as his followers. So let's pray over this cup. Father God, I just thank you for this day. Father, thank you for uh, your son and all that you put him through so that you could have a relationship with each and every one of us. Father, I'm sorry uh, that you had to pay that price in sending your son, that your son had to pay that price. Father, I'm sorry that we're the reason uh, that that price had to be paid. Uh, But Father, I'm so grateful that uh, you thought it worthy to pay that price, that that you thought it was worth us having an eternal relationship with you. And so I thank you for that. We thank you for that. I just thank you for this church. I thank you that we are able to have a connection with you is made possible through your son. It's in Jesus' name that we pray. Amen.
Jesus took the cup the night before uh, he was crucified. He said, this cup represents my blood, which is poured out for you. Let's partake together. Let's pray. Father God, I thank you for this day. Father, I thank you for this church. Father, I thank you for uh, the relationship that we are able to have with you, the the ability to grow closer to you on a daily basis. Father, I pray that we don't take that awesome opportunity to have a relationship with the Creator for granted. Father, I pray that each and every one of us takes this opportunity seriously, that we all seek you and your Son and your kingdom uh, with, with our number one priority. And I just thank you for this church. It's in Jesus' name that we pray. Amen.